Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, that was bloody annoying, wasn't it? Um I mean, it's the frustration of that is going to be heightened because it's happened in the way that it has. Going 3-1 up and then conceding those two goals like that. But, uh, I mean, even when we did go 3-1 up, it didn't feel like we... Even when we went 2-1 up, it didn't feel like we deserved anything from the game. And I know that pisses people off sometimes when you sort of say whether or not you deserve something. But all I'm saying is if you're a Southampton fan you would have been annoyed to have left that game with nothing. Um, because that was another just a, a pathetic, nothingy performance from Tottenham. I have absolutely no idea again, once again, what our game plan was there. I appreciate that they've been on the up a bit this year, this year, this this past couple of weeks. But even that's kind of being kind, isn't it? They're um, they're bottom of the table. There might not be any more, I'm not sure. But they were going into this game. They're bottom of the table. They're pretty horrible. Um, and we just managed to make them actually look like an all right side. And I think that's mainly like, all right, okay, they're in a relegation fight. I, I do understand this. But at the same time... We didn't make we didn't make life hard for them at all. Um, it's just like I say, just as such a nothingy, typical of this team this season performance from Tottenham, and that's all I can say. That's all. That's honestly that's that's all I can say about this game, and all I can say about that performance is that it was just not fun. There was no kind of fluidity to anything that we were doing. There was no inventiveness. We just seemed to knock the ball about and then hope that Son, Kane or Kulisevsky, Richarlison who went off after a few minutes, can pick the ball up. Usually not far from the halfway line, really, when you actually look at it. We have those three playing so deep at all times such as our just lack of forward thinking, our thrust, our kind of general, well, yeah, just forward thinking really, isn't it? You know, it's just so sit back, hope one of them can get it and hope one of them can do something with it. Just like we saw under Jose Mourinho. I'm just tired of it, man. I'm just tired of it. Like, we got an international break now. We all know he's going at the end of the season. He's already starting silly buggers. Like, you know, when he starts going into press conferences and, you know, speculate. He, he, I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing what I want to see, but it felt like he was as good as sort of saying Harry Kane should leave the club, you know? And just when we're sort of in this place now where it feels like every single press conference he's going into, whatever he said, you know, as well, that playing silly buggers with his whole kind of, 
Oh, I was only joking when I said that the club might sack me after the Milan game. I just, I can't be bothered for this, man. I, I can't be bothered. The football isn't fun. All right, we might be able to get top four, but I think if we are going to get top four, we're going to get, we're just as likely to get it with him or without him. Because right now it feels like the only game plan is let's hope Harry Kane can score goals for us. And Harry Kane's going to score goals whoever's in charge, to be honest. So give it Mace to the end of the season. Give him another little kind of run at doing that ahead of him probably being our manager in the next five years. I feel like... And I, I don't mind the club doing this. I know like people get very put out about this, but you know, you've got clubs like Barcelona who and even Real Madrid who kind of recruit from within their own, right? They they build up a candidate. They build up a candidate who understands how the club works, who has been fully immersed in the culture, whatever, you know? And they appoint them as manager. It's kind of like it's it's an appointment from within. Um and it's I don't see the harm in us in us doing that at all. Um because, you know, why not? Like, why not? Um, but not now. Not yet. Don't think he's quite in a place yet. Don't think he's quite old enough yet. But until the end of the season, give him a bit more experience. Fine. You know, let's give it a go. And like I've said, you know, Pochettino at the end of the year, please. Get him back. Because I just want... I just want a breaker, you know? I just want a breaker from all of this. And I think this is the thing, like, in my opinion, like, as I've said previously, if I'm to talk about Pochettino taking over, I think there's plenty of kind of good reasons as to why he should come back outside of my emotional connection to the guy. He knows the club. He's still, I think a progressive, young enough manager. Um, his ideas are not stale yet. Like like I was saying with Spooky the other day, I don't see his football being wildly dissimilar from that of Mikel Arteta, who is currently top of the Premier League, you know? Just getting back. And it, 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 look, even if my point is, even if we want to just sort of disregard any kind of actual, I don't know, academic, <laughs> that's a stretch to use that word, but any sort of academic kind of thought behind this, just getting back because I just want to feel connected to the club again. I just want to feel a bit of love again. Um, and he's the man to do it, you know? And then after that point, because it, it, it crosses off that kind of unfinished business we have with him, right? The what if... The will he, won't he. We've done it. We can see what happens. We can give it however, you know, maybe it's a year and a half and it ends and that's that. And we say, okay, job done. We've had our kind of reunion. It was nice. I think he can probably get over it a bit better and I think we can get over it a bit better. And if it all goes to plan, then we've got another five years and we can be glorious again. And it will be amazing and it will be brilliant. But whatever it will be, in my opinion... It will be a way to feel connected to the club again. It will be a way to feel emotionally invested 
in what the club is doing. Because right now, this is just miserable. This is not in any way, shape or form fun or good. We have got no scope for like looking forward to anything. We know Conte is going at the end of the season. We know that is happening. He's as good as said that himself. So what are we doing here? Like, I would understand if we were, obviously, if we were playing the way we were playing at the end of last season, this year, but we're not. Look how meek that was, man. Like, we scored three goals against Southampton basically because they're shit and we have Harry Kane. And yeah, I know Harry Kane only scored one of the goals, but still, okay, maybe that's a moot point today. But they're not good. But it's just so funny, like their their goal straight away, just how brittle this team's confidence is. It's just it's 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 alarming. It really is alarming. And I do I do think having years of having managers like Mourinho and Conte in there has done this to them. People always, like, I was talking to, if, if you're listening, George, fuck you, number one. And I was talking to my mate, George, the other day, who is not really big on the idea of Pochettino coming back. Fine, fair enough. We're all entitled to our opinions on the matter. And his kind of point was, you know, Ajax was like the, the, the best part of it. And that was Lucas Moura just having a freak result. But, you know... I'm stealing a point that um, Tom Foynes made on Twitter during a Pochettino conversation. And it's like, Pochettino is the only manager really in probably the Premier League era that really installed that mentality in Spurs that you fight to the end. That anything is possible if you keep fighting. And Ajax wasn't the only time we saw Spurs do that. You know, there were plenty of times during his tenure, when we kept fighting to the final whistle and we'd either get that draw or that win. In those times, that I've never, ever seen Tottenham do it. Even under Redknapp, even under Martignol. Two managers who were great for us. Played some brilliant football, actually had us believing for a bit, but really, neither of them managed to get that kind of cast-iron granite mentality in there. That Pochettino nearly so fully got there... Um, but still obviously fell away in kind of cup finals, really. But I don't really care about that right now. I just, like I say, I can only reiterate, I just want to feel connected to the club again. And it's shit. I really, you know, the thing is, like, I think... If this was anyone else, and obviously bar like Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham, etc. I would kind of be like, because I'm in that part of the season now where I'm like, cool, whatever. And like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, oh, I don't care about how Tottenham do or whatever. But you all know when you just get that fatigue and you're ready for a season to be over and a result like that happens and you're just kind of like, cool, whatever, par for the course, fine. This is where we're at this year and this is how it's going, whatever. You know, you don't get that sharp. It's not like, you know, when you think about like the Leicester season or like the 16-17 season where every single point is so crucial and it matters. And if we'd have conceded a last-minute goal like that, 
when we're chasing the title or something like that, or we're chasing top four against Arsenal, when there's something in there, when there's a bit of a kind of you know dog in the fight. And I know people will say, oh, you should want to finish in the top four. But And I love the Champions League. You know, don't set me off. I'm talking to you. You're talking to yourself, Jack. You can set yourself off if you want. But setting me off on the Champions League rent, you know I love it. All that stuff. But also, I'm just not... I just don't... I don't feel it this year. I know I should want to be in the top four. I know it's important for the future of the club. But I don't see the evidence of being in the top four allows us to attract a certain calibre of player because we don't go for that calibre of player. We just don't. We simply don't. Um, it's just... It's just really annoying. It's just really annoying. But my po- yeah, I lost my thread there. But the point I was going to make is I really wanted to beat Southampton because I detest them. I detest them, number one, because... They're another one of these long line of clubs that just hates Tottenham for no real reason other than, well, I think maybe back in the day because we signed Dean Richards, we had the whole stuff with Rupert Lowe calling us North London Yobbos. Rupert Lowe, one of their, old, for anyone that's not aware, was one of their old chairmen, a particularly kind of smug, upper middle class, if not probably upper class type, just just a just a tosser a real tosser um and yeah he he called us like north london yobbos and all this type of stuff and they've always just they've always just been one of these clubs that's had a weird bee in their bonnet with us um that's just so boring one of those teams that probably considers us a rival and so gives it that sort of 99% type performance against us so I hate them for that reason. I just hate that kind of like weird. I also think, do you know what I genuinely think? I also think they hate the fact that we sing Oh When the Spurs. Because if you heard when they sing Oh When the Saints, when we're playing against them, they always go like, Oh When the Saints! And they say like, Saints! And they really emphasise it. And it's so just like, mate, like, can you just take it down a notch? Like, you know, what you so It's such a like weird... I don't know, just like weird mentality of like, that's our thing. That's ours. Um, just sing it louder than us. You're at home, you know? If you're that rattle bite, just sing it louder. Don't do it this weird kind of like, you know, I don't know, just fuck off. <laughs> like, but the main thing I hate about Southampton, well, one of the main things, but a thing that really, really, really put me off of them and I appreciate it's one fan. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of decent people that support Southampton, whatever. But it's still just a memory that stuck with me. Because it's fucking weird. We were, when I went, to, I think it was just before lockdown. So I think it was a season before lockdown. I went to Southampton away. And we were on the train home. We, well, we got on the train at Southampton to go. And as the doors all closed, because he's obviously a real hard man, a Southampton fan ran up to the side of the train and held up a picture of Anne Frank. And like, everyone on the train was just like, you're a weirdo, mate. Like, number one, you're 
an anti-Semitic, horrible piece of shit. But like, there's no kind of wit or, and please, like, you know, take my words as I as I mean them. You know, like we sometimes everyone will have a laugh at a dark joke, you know, gallows humor and stuff. If there's some kind of wit to it, and you think, God, that's terrible, but there's at least whatever they've they've made this funny in some way just doing that you're like it's not even like there's that's just completely witless that's just witless cretinous awful humor that it's not humor is it like and it was just bizarre and it's always left a weird kind of bitter taste in the mouth with them um for us and when I say us, I mean like me and Charlotte. And funnily enough, actually, it was with James Moore as well. I hadn't gone to the game with him, but I uh, saw him there um, just because I've seen his face online for whatever, <laughs> for the past 15 years or so. Um, and yeah, he was on the train back with us. And he, yeah, he saw it as well. It was just one of those real, like, everyone like looking at each other like, okay, mate, you're a weirdo. Um yeah, so that was unpleasant, uh, and so I really wanted to beat Southampton. That's that's kind of the 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 story there is that I really wanted to beat Southampton, but we didn't do it. Um, and it's just you know, international break. Let's use this as a chance to get rid of him because what's the point now? Literally, what is the point of of carrying on with this? I guess one would argue top four, but I feel that we're still going to. We're just as likely to get there without him, as I said at the top. Um, let's do the players. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, uh, let's have a look here. Um, Fraser Forster... An all right performance, but I thought a bit shaky. There was that one moment when he like could have let the ball go out and instead somewhat inexplicably decided to catch it and run out of play with it and gave them a corner. Um, I think he, I don't think there was much he could have done with the first goal. Definitely nothing he could have done with the penalty right at the end. Um, second goal... I can't even really remember it to be honest with you so whatever I just my general feeling when watching him was just he's a bit shaky you know a bit shaky 
Maybe it's going back to his old stomping ground or whatever, but just he didn't inspire as much confidence today. Christian Romero, um, for me, was very good. I thought he was very good. I'm really encouraged by the way he links up with Porro. He was aggressive and he was controlled in that aggression. He carried the ball forwards well, as he does. Um, and he plussed the ball about nicely. And like I say, his link up with Porro, very nice. And you can tell, I think, on a personal level, maybe because they're both Spanish speakers. But, you know, maybe they're just sort of similar character types as well. He seems to get on very well with Porro, and that is encouraging. Eric Dyer, a typically Eric Dyer performance today, 5 out of 10, whatever. Um, as I always say of Eric Dyer, good squad player, happy to have him about the place, but it would be very, very nice to upgrade on him this summer. Let's... I really, honestly, truly, genuinely, whatever else you want to say, Lee, believe that a centre-back, as well as a goalkeeper, to be fair, centre-back and a goalkeeper are should be our number, number, number one, number one priority this summer. Like, number one priority. Yes, a creative midfielder or something would be nice as well. But, you know, I say this because I kind of think, well, maybe a coach will see someone like Alfie Devine, one of the apparently hottest talents in the, you know, hottest young talents in the country and think we can use him. We don't need to spend 60 mil on a creative player. Let's get this kid in from the academy. But defender and goalkeeper, we definitely need that. So let's spend our 100 mil, say, that we have this summer on those two positions. Clement Longley, appalling. Absolutely appalling today. Um, at fault, I do remember their, their second goal, actually. That was Walcott, wasn't it? Um, uh, Walcott, who passed it across. Um, oh, no. F was that the first goal? Oh, hang on. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this now because it's going to annoy me. Um, see if I highlight this on YouTube. Yeah. Tom Southampton. Uh. Alright, they're not on YouTube yet. Hurry up, YouTube. Um, who scored their second goal? Oh, so Theo Walcott scored their second goal. Yeah, so he crossed it for Che Adams, didn't he? But then he scored there. And the thing is, you know what? He wasn't offside, but he looked... He was way more offside, and I'm doing air things, than Richarlison was last week. So have a bit of consistency, please, Premier League. Um, but yeah, he scored that second goal. Uh, yeah, as far as I can recall. No, it was for the first goal when Perisic and Longley both completely just got done by Walcott. Um <sighs> He you know, the funny thing is Longley nearly won it right at the very death. Um and it was a great header, to be fair to him. Um shame it wasn't on target, obviously. But he uh awful. Just awful. Um bye bye. Have fun back at Barcelona next year. Pedro Porro, yep, great. Fully in on him now. Um 
very, very disappointed that Sonny couldn't have done anything with that exquisite cross he laid on for him in the opening minutes of the game. Um, but he was he took his goal very, very well. Absolutely blasted it past um, Big Baz, as my mate Jack calls him, um, who is, I think, a really good young keeper, actually. Really like him. Um, but that aside, Porra took his goal very well. He was a threat, constant menace down that right-hand side. I'm in. I'm in on him. Very big of me, I know. Oliver Skip. Love Skippy. Not his best game today. I thought, actually, you know, he got... I thought that he actually got caught dwelling in possession quite a few times, actually, today. I think it seemed to be several times. I haven't got an exact count, but I would say I counted at least three or four times when Skippy actually got robbed of the ball. Um, I think that Lavia player that Southampton have is actually really quite decent. Um, and he was giving Skippy a hard time. Not yeah, not his best performance today. Um, he wants to chalk off, but I've got a lot of love for Skippy. I think he's a yeah, I think he's a, a supremely talented player, and I'm happy to see him getting more and more time in the team. Pierre Mahoybier. Fine, actually. I thought he was okay today. Um, I guess he probably had a bit of impetus because they give him quite a bit of shit, the Southampton fans. Um, he seems to get booed a lot. So I think he didn't stop running. Didn't think his passing was up to much, but as a sort of defensive shield, I thought he had a good game. was okay, you know, but maybe not that good because we conceded three goals. So... Ben Davis obviously went off in minutes, was replaced by Ivan Perisic, who scored a very, very good goal, to be fair to him. Lovely, lovely technique on that. It's just a shame we haven't seen more more of that from Perisic this season. Lovely cushioned volley. Great finish. Assumed we were going on to win it from that point, but Tottenham decided to be Tottenham, didn't they? Um, yeah. Very disappointing in that respect. Uh, and much the same, really. Yep, took the goal very well. I think he put one good cross in. But also, is it a good cross if you're just playing it into the box to nobody? I know you might say, right, well, other people should be there to support him. I understand that. But if there isn't anybody else in there, surely a kind of top-class, uh, experienced international player like him use their brain a bit and not just knock a ball into the box. Um, there was a time when it was, I think it was when it was 3-3, we had another little breakaway and he just wafted an absolute stinking cross just out of play. There's just, you know, I'm just excited for him to go at the end of the season because there's just, you know, you see now with Porro, the kind of the thrust he gives us down the right, there's none of that from Perisic, none whatsoever. Um, maybe, maybe give him a sort of start in Son's position. Drop Son, start Perisic further forward. But even then, I don't even think we see enough from him to sort of put that faith in him. I'd rather see Richarlison start up there. But how long Richarlison is out for remains to be seen. You'd imagine it's probably a hammy or something like that, given that he just pulled up, went off. He was sort of feeling it in training before the game, apparently, and warming up. Um, still played on anyway and just sort of pulled up. So, yeah, I don't know. I still want to see Ben Davis play at left wing back. Um, 
there's no point to Perisic. But he did score today, so well done. Richarlison. Yeah. Uh, real shame, that. Real shame. I know the tide is starting to turn against him now. I know a lot of people are sort of already calling it a failed experiment and everything. And, you know, I can see that it's kind of make or break time for him now. And I think he probably knows that himself. Hence why he was so distraught when he had to pull up with an injury and go off the pitch. It's, you know, it's awful. He uh, He's starting to get starts, um, starting to get starts. And that happens to him. It's it's shit luck. It's rotten luck. Um, it's just not gone his way this year. Even even things like last week, that goal, absolutely sublime. And he's not going to get. He should be getting plaudits for that. It was a brilliant finish. Absolutely brilliant finish. And he was completely onside. Completely onside. Absolutely ridiculous decision. But that got taken away from him. And I think. When you're in that position, right, you, we've all been there, not as Premier League footballers, admittedly, um, but we've all been there in that position where you just know when momentum, when things aren't going your way and people say, oh, it's because you know, you're choosing to look at it that way. Nah, we all know that sometimes the universe just deals you a shit hand and... Feels like Richie's getting that at the moment. He just isn't quite getting those breaks. And he feels almost quite emblematic of Tottenham as a club this year, where we sort of, there's a lot there. There's a lot of promise there in little flickers and little bits and pieces here and there. But it's just not quite enough. And we just don't quite seem to be able to get a proper run together. We don't quite seem able to... I've just ever clicked, you know? And I say that of the club and I say that of Richarlison this season because it just it just has not quite worked out for us or for him. And it's just really, really frustrating. It's really frustrating. And it leaves you wondering like... What the hell can we do? You know, what the hell can we do? If we'd have won today, yes, I know they had two games in hand, but we would have been third. But now we've got Newcastle properly breathing down our necks. And with them, like, we know, we know they're going to, like, the thing is, in the next 10 years, Newcastle fans, and they know it, they know it. They know it, we know it, everyone knows it. Within the next 10, or if we're going to be, like, you know, miserly about it, in the next 15 years... They're going to have won probably the Premier League, maybe a Champions League, but at least like an FA Cup or a UEFA Cup, uh, Europa League, something like that. You know, they're going to win things. They're probably going to win a few League Cups and an FA Cup and whatever. We know that's going to happen. But like so soon into their project, they've already gotten to a League Cup final and they're going to finish in the top four. Just like, just fuck off a bit. Like, you know, just let us, for the time being, still get into the top four while we've got Harry Kane and just enjoy the dying embers of our football club before Harry Kane leaves and before we are totally just enveloped by stadium debt that we can't pay off because we're in a relegation fight every season because we don't have anybody scoring goals. No player... Other than Harry Kane, within the top 20 Premier League scorers. 
Hummin Son is our second highest Premier League scorer this season. He's in 24th position with six goals. Um, and I'm sure somebody would say, oh, okay, well, that's fairly normal. But my point is more that we don't have a lot of goals spread out across this team. It's actually quite wild. The next scorer after that is Bentancor. He's <laughs> hardly played half a season. And he's in like 34th or something position. I really worry about what happens when Harry Kane goes. But whatever. Newcastle are breathing down our necks. Um, and it's just it's just not working out for us, is it? Um, Huminson just mentioned him there. <sighs> Horrible performance today. Again, a um, couple of nice little shots, but not enough from him. Um, it, I think, yeah, he did actually lay the ball across, to be fair. Nice pass across field for Porro for the goal. Um, but other than that, it's not Sonny of old. And it's just quite horrible seeing him turn into whatever he is now before our very eyes, you know? Uh, it's always an uncomfortable thing with a great player when they kind of are no longer kind of their greatness. And you just, you know, I've likened it before, like with like when Ledley was sort of on the way down. It's like seeing your your dad get beaten up by a gang of teenagers or something like that. It's just, it's not nice. It's not pleasant. Um, and I think objectively, you would say Son has been at his best when he's been coming off the bench this season, right? But Conte just doesn't seem to want to relent from just, it is going to work. Let's just stick son in the team and forces to work it feels like it's so long ago i i remember i filmed this thing right at the start of the season i remember listening to podcasts um on the way to i, I was going to crawley town they were playing fulham and i was like just filming something i got had some crypto bro um running there running the club um that's since gone horribly by the way um but and I remember listening to like, the reason why I remember this is because I remember it was just like a, a fairly long journey. And I was listening to a few podcasts and the theme of all the podcasts, I think I was listening to like Extra Inch and Fighting Cock and everything. And it was all about like, I think Richard, I think it was maybe just after the Marseille game. And everyone was like, Richarlison now has to start. He has to start on the left. We have to start playing him on the left. Sonny is just not at it this year. We have to start playing him on the left. And it just never happened. And it never has happened. And pretty much, really, every time Sonny has been available, he's played, other than when Conte has been laid up at home. Um, and yeah, he did drop him that one game when he was carrying a bit of a knock and he came on and scored a hat-trick against Leicester. But he's just not at it this year. Um, and whether it is permanent or not, I don't know. But it is starting to... I think we're all starting to feel that awkward sort of twinge that it. Like, this might be what he is now, you know? An older player who's sort of... The same... Exactly as I keep saying, exactly the same thing is happening with Salah this season. Exactly the same thing. Where they just don't quite look themselves. Too similar, in my opinion, two very similar types of player two you know brilliantly talented athletic individuals 
and it's just not it's just not going their way this year. Um, and they're both of a similar age, I believe. I think they're both in their thirties now. That catches up with you, man. You know, speaking from personal experience, like again, not as a Premier League footballer, but I can only imagine it's it's way worse. They're like such finely tuned athletes, precision engine machines. These guys, you know, like as soon as it just as soon as like the, the odd little thing starts to get a bit rusty or something, you know, the 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 levels are so so fine. The margins are so fine in the Premier League, so so fine. Um, that it's no real poor reflection on Sonny. He's a club legend now. He's one of the club's highest ever goal scorers. You know, it's it's mad. It's mad. Um, what he's done in, at the same time as Harry Kane being here in every quantifiable sort of way, he's a club legend. And I have absolute respect and admiration for him and I love him dearly. And if we thought it was bad when Delhi went, you know, with the goodbye videos and stuff, it will be horrific when Son leaves or retires. Horrific. It will be not a dry eye in the house. But I really, really feel that we are doing him a disservice. We should have reacted to his form, his fitness, whatever it is, but the signs that are there that he is not the player he was. And we should be doing our best to preserve him and use him as best we can. And in my opinion, that is Son coming off the bench now to make a difference in a game for us. Start Richarlison. Have him do the heavy lifting at the start of each game. Have him kind of harry the opposition. Have him tire them out. Have him tire out the opposition players. And then, if we haven't made a breakthrough then, bring him off around 70 minutes and let Son run at him. Let Son do what he does best. But he, he obviously just cannot maintain that now for 90 minutes every single game anymore. It... <sighs> Is what it is. Um, Harry Kane, very well taken goal. Pretty quiet game from him, to be honest. Other than the goal, um, they were Southampton were on him. They were on him. Um, and actually, do you know what? He's not free from criticism. I think there are a few times today when, you know, I start to think maybe he's got that little golden boot thing in the back of his head. He wants to catch Erling because there are a few times when he just either tried a snapshot or took a shot from outside the box that really probably wasn't the best thing to do. But at the same time, we all love... The best type of Harry Kane is a shoot-on-sight Harry Kane. So, didn't really work out for him today, but we've seen plenty of those fly into the top corner for him down the years. So, whatever. I, d I don't care. If Harry Kane has his heart set on trying to catch Erling Haaland for the golden boot, it's only good for Tottenham. Um, but yeah, uh, disappointing, disappointing performance. Um, disappointing result. Just want this season to be over now. Um, and I really, really, really hope, really hope that Antonio Conte goes during this international break because I think everybody's wasting their time now. But thanks for listening today. Um, you can support the show by 
sharing the podcast, you know, retweeting, retweeting the Roller Rose feed, um, just sharing it with your friends or on Reddit or anything like that, wherever you share stuff, basically share it, leave a review, please. Um, leave a rating, leave a review. Um, it all helps. It's all algorithms and stuff now in it. You know, if we want it to be suggested to new fans, it's the way to do it. So please, if you are, and you know, quite a few new listeners this season. So hello, everybody. Thank you very much. Off, I'm assuming off of the off of the back of sort of doing this thing, adding to it, get a lot of feedback on this. So thank you if you've been drawn to it for this. And apologies for my sort of, you know, bipolar approach to these. But that's just generally how Tottenham is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if you are new to it, you haven't left a review or a rating yet, please do. It 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 does help. Um, and you can also support the show through the Buy Me a Coffee website link in bio on the, the Twitter page. But if you can't, don't worry about it. Um, I'm thinking more and more and more about doing some Patreon stuff next year. Because um, vi- video is my real wheelhouse, you know. If you haven't seen Spurs Wipe yet, check it out on YouTube. I used to do a load of animations and stuff, but, you know, I don't, I don't really do that anymore. I don't really have the time. Um, but I might do some more video. If I can get Patreon going... Do some videos behind that, behind the the dreaded paywall. Um, maybe some more different types of pods. I did a few pods a few years back in the summer where I spoke to you know Chris Paris, Tom Mitch, Rich Grove, plenty of other people about kind of what it was, what it meant for them to be Spurs, how they got into Spurs, and different sort of their story basically. Um, cat as well formerly from the trust um it was fun it was a nice sort of project to do over the summer and that's what i maybe like to do more sort of documentary style stuff and things like that but we'll, we'll see it's uh it's 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 not by no means a uh, guarantee but i might do it i might do it um but anyway thank you very much for listening bye bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.